How do you approach risk in the face? Now, there are many videos talking about danger areas on the face. I've released one myself, but I thought it would be a good idea to break down how we actually approach risk. Now, everywhere that you inject has some inherent risk. That's true. And you can reduce risk by not doing the procedure down to zero. But of course, you also reduce the benefit down to zero. As medical professionals, we must constantly justify the risk we take with the intended benefit to our patients. In fact, the core difference with medical versus anything else in life is that we are focusing on the health of our patients as the intended outcome. So let's have a look at risk through this lens. First, let's break down risk into the two elements that we have control over. First, there is the frequency of vascular occlusion. So how likely is it to get any filler into a vessel at all in a particular procedure? Those are the domains of frequency of risk. Then we have the risk of severity. So if you were to get filler into a vessel, how big of a problem would it actually cause? Now, the interesting thing when you think about frequency and severity of injury is that these two elements are actually in competition with each other. Quite often, we will do something that decreases the frequency of risk, but we will increase the severity of risk. At other times, the opposite is true. We decrease the likelihood of a VO, but if you do get a VO using that particular technique, it may be bigger. Now, this is at the heart of many debates that we have in medical aesthetics. So it's really worth analyzing anyone's recommendation and seeing if you can figure out is this tip or technique designed to decrease the frequency of a vascular occlusion or the severity of injury if there was a vascular occlusion? Quite topical at the moment is moving the needle. Some people are recommending moving the needle as a way of reducing VO risk. Now, if you think about it, in fact, built into the logic of this recommendation is that you will increase the frequency of vascular occlusions, but this is supposed to be offset by decreasing the severity of vascular occlusions. The exact parameters around this are highly debatable and not well defined. So I currently don't think it's very good advice, but the principles involved are logically sound. If you inject very small amounts over a very wide area, you will have more vascular occlusions, but each will be much smaller and vice versa. Let's start by looking at the top level overall risk for vascular occlusion injury. So not just the risk of a vascular occlusion, but actually resulting in an injury. We have factors that affect the frequency of vascular occlusion, factors which affect the severity, and of course your ability to diagnose and treat vascular occlusion if it does occur. Those are the three factors which guide all of our safety in medical aesthetics. Now, let's go to the moment you are about to inject your patient. At this moment, diagnosis and treatment is less important. There are two factors we need to consider, the frequency and the severity of vascular occlusion. What is it that affects the frequency of vascular occlusion? I think there are four factors likely to affect you in your clinic. First is the proximity of your needle tip to a named vessel. So think of all the vessels that are named in the face. Where are you most often close to some of those vessels? The second factor is how easy with the technique that you're using is it to place the needle into the lumen of a vessel. Now this is all about depth and also your orientation of the needle relative to the orientation of the vessels in that area. Third would be how much of that tissue is exposed to the needle tip in a given procedure. This is where moving the needle increases the frequency of risk. And finally, how often do you actually do that procedure? If it's a very common procedure, your risk as an injector is higher than a very rare procedure that might be more dangerous. 
Next, let's consider what affects the severity of a vascular occlusion if you were to get one. I think there are three factors here. The first is, how much are you injecting in a given area? The second is, what is your proximity to major vessels, particularly where those vessels are largest? And finally, and most importantly, is what is your proximity to the major structures we desperately do not want to affect with a vascular occlusion? This, of course, is the eyes and the brain. So, did any areas come to mind when I was talking about frequency? Think about the areas of the face you inject most frequently, when your needle is parallel or oriented in the same direction as the vessel, and when you are only millimeters from a vessel. For most of us, this is lips. The most common area to cause a vascular occlusion is probably the lips. Now, there are some good things about lip VOs, which is that they are the easiest to diagnose. The chance of a lip VO going undiagnosed is less than in other areas of the face because lips are normally pink and we can normally see when they are pale. They also have a high density of nerve receptors, which means pain is likely to be an early diagnostic sign and your patient is more likely to seek advice. So those are the good things about lips. But I think they are the most likely place that you will see a VO in your clinic. This means it's an area that needs extra attention in terms of you honing the resolution of your anatomy and your injection technique and the number of steps you take to reduce the risk. For example, by aspirating in addition to all the other safety things that you can do. Where else do you inject often? And where else are your instruments in parallel or oriented in the same direction as the vessels? In my mind, there is a particular risk around treating the dorsum of the nose, particularly if you use a cannula, because we are in parallel with those dorsal nasal arteries. We also inject very close to the nasolabial fold. And I also regularly inject in the lower face quite close to the mental and the submental arteries. Now let's have a think about severity injuries. So where is the area most likely to cause a severe injury? This is a combination of volume and proximity to very important vessels which supply the eye and the brain. And for me, there's no competition. The area most at risk of causing a really serious vascular occlusion would be the nasium. We often add up to half a mil or even more than that in some cases to straighten a nose. For me, those are the top two areas to focus your attention on. The most likely place to get a severe VO in the nose and the most frequent place you'll get a VO in the lips, particularly the top lip. Of course, now you can apply this methodology to anywhere in the face. Let's consider where else are vessels likely to be prone to accepting large amounts of filler. For me, this is all about the roots of arteries. Where do they enter the face? Where are they thickest? And how often do you tend to inject around that area? In terms of likelihood of a severe VO, the facial artery is the largest vessel in the face and is therefore most likely to be associated with severe vascular occlusion. When do we inject near this? Now it does enter the face around the mandible, but I don't think many injectors place a large amount of filler there, certainly not without using a cannula. But as we get closer to the medial face, the nasolabial fold is a particular area of concern. Indeed, there are five areas where vessels enter the face that are particularly risky for large vascular occlusion. As I've said, where the facial artery enters the face would be a particularly risky area to inject large amounts. We also have the submental and the mental arteries in the lower third. We have the infraorbital artery, and then the supratrochlear artery, and the superficial temple and deep temple arteries. For me, the most frequent area that I inject that could be higher risk would be the nasolabial fold, followed by the temple and forehead, and then finally the lower third where I inject the chin and the medialabial fold. So this is all likely to vary depending on your practice and which instruments, which style of injection that you use and how frequently you do different procedures. So here are three questions I recommend you ask yourself that will help you become a safer injector over time. First, what are the filler treatments that you do most frequently? 
to focus your attention on becoming safer with those procedures will likely give you a disproportionate reward in terms of reducing risk. So get really focused on the detail, learn about the different positions of the arteries in their areas and specifically learn about the depths and locations and how you can locate them before you inject. So this could be by palpating the area before you start injecting or using ultrasound or learning the different variations of anatomy down to the millimeter. The next question would be, what can you do to reduce the probability of a vascular occlusion? Now this doesn't mean the size of it, just anything that you can do that would decrease the total number of small amounts of filler that get into a vessel. So this could be, for example, about knowing your anatomy. Knowing that the artery is never found at a particular depth in most studies will tell you that you can inject there and decrease the frequency of vascular occlusion. The second could be, for example, that you always aspirate. Knowing that aspiration isn't 100% sensitive, but doing it routinely can increase the chance that you detect intravascular placement before you inject. Of course, there are probably many other things you can do too. Please always drop your comments down below to help everyone else learn more about what you do to keep your patients safer. The next question would be, how do you reduce the severity of vascular occlusion? So reducing the severity of a vascular occlusion is largely about reducing the amount of filler that gets injected in the wrong place. So you can do this by separating out the volumes as you inject. So you may do small aliquots at a time, validating that there's no vascular occlusion in between each injection. This is also where moving the needle could sometimes be of benefit because then you are at least distributing filler more widely. But remember, this does increase the frequency of vascular occlusion. So we need to get the balance right in this particular way. For me, it's all about this concept of not injecting huge amounts without validating that you're not in a vessel. So the different ways you can do that are numerous, but think about it and apply that to your day-to-day -day practice. Now, overall, you will start to feel as you start to answer these questions that there is actually no perfect solution. Everything has a potential upside and a downside, and we're constantly trying to balance those factors. The questions themselves are pretty perfect though. If you're constantly asking these questions, then you will be drifting in the direction of increased safety. If you never ask these questions, you may start to drift in the complete wrong direction and increase risk overall for your patients. So those questions again, which areas do you treat most often? When you consider that area, how could you reduce the frequency of vascular occlusion? And how can you reduce the severity of vascular occlusion when injecting in that particular area? So let me know in the comments down below, and I hope this has helped you understand risk when injecting. <music>